What's going on, everybody? What's going on, everybody? What's going on? Man, I am so excited to be with you on today. Now, I know you're probably trying to figure out where I am. I want you to know I am live at the Beacon. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that later on. But come on, let everybody say praise the Lord today. Come on, say praise the Lord to everybody. I can hear you now. I want you to know I can hear you. You may not believe it, but I can hear you. I can hear you giving God the praise right now. Yeah, listen, what a blessing it is. What a blessing it is to be able to share with you all today. Uh, hashtag being church. So many times people are concerned about going to church and people are concerned about having church and we're seeing online people practicing their holy dances so they can have good church but at good hope we are committed to being the church that god has called us to be and so i'm coming to you live right here at the beacon day center we're here serving the homeless um there are two of our life group teams that are here right now and man, what a blessing it is. We've even had a couple of members who heard I was going to be here, came here to serve. They are serving in the laundry. They are serving in the kitchen. They are serving food to the homeless here, encouraging them and sharing with them God's love. Now, let me take care of a couple of housekeeping matters first. First of all, let me thank everybody who came out to our leadership meeting on yesterday. What a tremendous blessing as we look back over this year, this has been a historic year, but I want you to know that as historic as this year has been, greater days are in front of us. And the more of you who are listening right now who get involved, the greater our impact is going to be to the glory of God. We have had over 150 new people become part of our church family both by Christian experience and conversion. Uh, we've seen our life groups grow tremendously from seven groups around the country to 12. This time, three countries are being represented now, not just 12 states, but three countries are being represented. And it's a tremendous, tremendous blessing to be used by God in that way. Come on, give God a hand of praise right now and let's thank God for that. Now, couple of things I want to share with you. First of all, man, this past week, our food pantry once again did a tremendous job. Over 100 zip codes served, over 480 households served, close to 1,000 people have been impacted. Come on, let's give God some praise for that. Here at the Beacon, man, we have about 15 to 20 of our members here that are serving and they asked how many people were coming today when I got here early this morning, about 6.30, and I told them we got an army coming, and we're coming to serve, and we're coming to be the church. As a matter of fact, the director, Brother Ron, said to me on Friday, he said, listen, he said, Pastor, how are you going to be here on Sunday and be in church? And I said, well, it's going to be technology, brother, because I'm going to preach right from here down at the beacon. Now, I would be inside but we want to respect people's anonymity. We want to respect um, their right to privacy. And so we're not going to put anybody on the screen or anything. But we shot some video and some B-roll footage. Uh, you see me, man, cutting up some vegetables. Uh, now, don't tell my wife I was cutting vegetables because, you know, she's going to put me in the kitchen, right? 
But listen, I was cutting up some vegetables. I was stirring some food up. Uh, man, we see a video of the uh, Pillsbury Dough Girls. That's what I call them, man. They were making some mean biscuits in there. And it was just a blessing to be able to do the work of the kingdom and to see the benefit that came to people right away. Uh, literally, we were prepping the food that the people would eat later on. Got a chance to walk around and speak to several of the people, man, just to encourage them and share with them the love of God. But what a blessing to be the hands and the heart of God to be a blessing to people. And I'm gonna talk about that today in our message. Man, it was just a tremendous, tremendous blessing. Uh, we had over 200 people uh, attend our community basketball tournament. Yeah, you saw me jamming a little bit, right? Uh, had some music playing in the background. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I had to bounce a little bit, you know, put a little rhythm in there while I was stirring, you know, and uh, and doing my thing at the kitchen. Y'all know I can't burn. You don't get my size and not be able to cook for yourself, right? My mother made sure that I could cook a little bit. Uh, it was a tremendous, tremendous blessing. And we're here today serving again, being the salt and being the light that God has called us to be. And I need somebody to hear me today. There is a direct correlation between your inactivity and your spiritual immaturity. Uh, you cannot grow in your faith just by sitting and learning. You've got to live out what God has deposited within you. And so when Jesus says it is more blessed to give than to receive, that's part of the reason. Because when we give of ourselves, when we give of our time, our talent, our treasure, our temple, when we put ourselves in kingdom service, God not only blesses others through us, but we're blessed for being a blessing. So, man, I'm just excited and grateful and thankful to greet you from the weekend on today. Now, next week, we've got a really special celebration. As you know, our groups meet 70% of the time virtually, our hybrid groups, and 30% of the time we meet in person. The second of our three in-person meetings is going to be next Sunday. That's the 29th of October. So I want to encourage everybody to come out and be part of that rooted and grounded in-person meeting. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about generosity, giving generously and what that means. And you don't want to miss the message. The message is going to be life changing for somebody who comes next week. Uh, you know, here's what I've learned. Uh, we, we have come up with the gospel of prosperity and prosperity gospel was intended and it was really a middle class, upper middle class, Western approach to wealth that talks about us getting. But there was a philosophy that was espoused in the early 1900s called the gospel of wealth. And it wasn't about what we got, it was our responsibility in terms of what we were to do with what we had been blessed with. And we're gonna talk about that next week, man. It's gonna be a tremendous, tremendous time in the Lord and I want to invite you to be part of it. Rooted and grounded, make some noise. 
Come on, come on, rooted and grounded. Make some noise in the house. Make some noise in the house. Man, listen, I am so excited now as we move into week seven. Now, listen, I know some of you have gotten a little tired, gotten a little weary, and, and you're probably thinking about the holidays coming and the change in schedule and, and all of that stuff. But listen, you only got three more weeks left. You only got three more weeks left. I want you to hang in there. Week seven, we are kicking off today how to make the most of your life part two. I want to thank Minister Dana Thomas for stepping in on last week. Got a chance to get a little vacation time in with the wife and some friends. And so I want to thank him for doing a tremendous job. Today, we're going to continue that theme. How can I make the most of my life part two? And we're looking forward to God blessing us in a special, special way. All right, let's go to God in prayer. Let's prepare ourselves for the word today. Father, we bless you and we thank you for today. Uh, we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say, that it will be pleasing in your sight, that it will bring glory and honor to you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So when you think about being blessed in your life, uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? For most people, it's the accumulation of cars, cash, commodities, clothes, creature comforts, and the like. We typically think about what we're going to get. We typically think about the size of the house that we live in or the neighborhood that we live in or maybe the color of our credit card moving from blue to gray to eventually getting to black, right? But the truth of the matter is, when you think about blessings in life, the Bible is very interesting in that it teaches us that to be blessed, our blessings don't come from what we get as much as our blessings come from what we give. And the place that we start with giving is not our possessions, but it's our person. It's not what we have, but our giving is to be rooted and come from our heart. Today, I want to continue our Rooted and Grounded celebration. I want to continue our Rooted series. And I want to talk today from the thought, how to be blessed in blessing others. How to be blessed in blessing others. Now, our foundational passage is Matthew 25. And, and this is, uh, for me, uh, an important portion of Scripture because it is arguably the most neglected part of the scripture by many who say they are followers of Jesus. You see, a lot of people who talk about following Jesus and are Christians, at least claim to be Christians, are talking about what we are going to get in heaven. But they don't talk about what our responsibility is as we serve on earth. And Jesus in our passage shares with us this parable that I believe is arguably one of the most convicting passages in scripture when it comes to understanding what it means to be a Christian, not in terms of what we say, but in terms of what we show. Not in terms of doctrine, but in terms of duty. Here's the first thing I want you to see. Number one, you need to realize the Lord will come to judge you. 
you need to realize the Lord will come to judge you. you. Look at Matthew 25, beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Uh, this section of scripture explains that the son of man, Jesus, is coming to judge and he's coming to judge all people. The nations will be gathered. But the scripture is clear. He will not be judging nations. He will be judging individuals. Uh, in America, we talk about one nation under God. And a lot of people try to live vicariously under that banner of one nation under God. But they don't understand that when God comes to judge, he's not judging nations. He's judging people. He's judging individuals. And Christ says five things about his coming in these verses. First, he says he is coming and he is coming in his glory. He's coming in glory. He's coming in his glorified body. He, he's coming in his transfigured body. He's coming in the full light and splendor of who he is on the other side of his resurrection. Secondly, he's coming with his holy angels. He's coming with his posse. He's coming with his crew, right? He's coming with the angelic host. Thirdly, he's coming to be enthroned. He's taking his rightful place on the throne of the world. Uh, the Bible says that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. He will be enthroned. Um, fourthly, the text says he's gathering all of the nations in the world. He's bringing them all before his throne. And then lastly, he's coming to separate people from one another. He separates the sheep from the goats. You know what's interesting? Uh, a lot of times we like to sing, you know, and say, God knows my heart. But the Bible says the heart can be desperately uh, wicked. It can be deceitful, right? We can fool ourselves if we're not careful. But here's what we need to know. While we can fool ourselves and we can fool other people, we can't fool God. The Bible says God is going to separate. He is going to separate. He's going to put the sheep on the right side and the goats on the left side. Now, in actuality, these are people, right? But the Bible says based on his assessment, he can assess whether they are sheep or goats. He puts the sheep on the right side and he puts the goats on the left side. Here's the question. What differentiates people from one another? What makes some sheep and some goats? The Bible is clear that sheep and goats are separated based on their relationship with Jesus and how they relate to other people. Their relationship to Jesus, are they saved? Do they know the Lord and the pardon of their sins? And based on that relationship with the Lord, it should be evidenced in how they relate to one another, how they serve other people, how they see other people, how they exhibit what it means to be 
a child of God. Many of you under the sound of my voice, here's what I need you to accept and understand. First and foremost, you will not be judged by other people. Other people may try to judge you. Listen, it's above their pay grade. Can I tell you something else? You will not judge yourself. You will be judged by God. You know, I've been teaching for many years, and you've heard me say this before. Uh, I've taught uh, in high school. I've taught middle school. I've taught college. I've taught graduate school. And you know what I've discovered? I never allow any of my students to grade their own tests. Because when they grade their own tests, when they grade their own exams, they always manage to come up with an A. Even the wrong answer they can explain and make it right in their own mind and try to make it right in my mind. At the end of the day, here's what you and I need to understand. We will be judged by God. It's just that simple. It's going to happen. Here's the second thing that I want you to see. Number two, you need to realize the evidence that you're saved is shown when you serve those in need. The evidence that you're saved is shown when you serve those in need. Verse 34, Matthew 25. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Verse 35, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Now, uh, that word blessed is an interesting word because it's the word eulogeo. Right? It's where we get the word eulogy from. It literally means to speak well of somebody, to talk well of somebody, right? Uh, but in this instance, uh, when you speak well of somebody and they are alive, you are blessing them. You're adding value to them. So Jesus speaks to these and he says, blessed are you. He says, because I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Um, here's what's interesting. The individuals called sheep are surprised at the words of the master. They're like, Lord, when, when did we see you? We, we were doing all of this work, but when did we see you? Because we didn't see you, we saw the people we were helping. When did we see you? They did not remember seeing Jesus and ministering to his needs. And watch this, Jesus says, 
because you didn't see me doesn't mean you didn't serve me. Right? Think about that. He says, because you didn't see me doesn't mean you didn't serve me. Because Jesus identifies with the least of these. That's, that's who he calls his brothers. That's who he calls his sisters. When you serve those, my brothers, you served me. Now, here's what's interesting. The motivation of those who served was not reward, even though reward would come. Their motivation was to serve out of a sacrificial love. So Jesus says, when you did it unto the least of these, when you did it to those who are viewed as less than, not because they were not created in the image of God, but because based on the assessment and the judgment of men, they are the least of these. These are not people of status. These are not people of wealth. These are people that people would normally walk by. People would normally not give a second look at. These are not people that you would do something for, expecting something in return from them. He says, these are the least of these. And when you do it to the least of these, my brothers, my, my, my friends, those that are my spiritual brothers and sisters, you have done it unto me. So basically, here's what Jesus says. When we ignore the least of these, we are ignoring Jesus. Now, y'all think about that for a minute. When, when you ride by, drive by, walk by the least of these and give no thought to them, Jesus says, when you're ignoring them, you are ignoring me. And here's what's important for you to get. The evidence that you're saved is not in what you say. It's not in what you wear. It's how you serve those who are in need. Now, I know I'm messing with somebody's theology right now. I know your practical theology says you got to look churchy. You got to sound churchy. You got to go to church. You got to have church. And I'm telling you that none of those are ever laid out as the prerequisites of Jesus to determine whether or not you are saved. There's no dress code laid out in the New Testament in terms of this is what you need to wear in order to be saved. There's no uh, dictionary, there's no lexicon to, to lay out the words that you need to speak in order to show that you are saved. The Bible says when they served those in need. And see, here's where this passage gets torn out of many people's Bibles because they are more committed to going to church and having church than being church. This puts an earthly responsibility on the heavenly position that we claim to have. When we say we are believers, when we say we are Christians, the Bible says, well, how are we going to know that? And we're going to know that by how you live and how you act. So your good works do not secure your salvation. Your good works show your salvation. We're not down here at the beacon today being church on a Sunday to be saved. We're down here showing that we are saved. 
We're showing that we're committed and we're not going to go past church or past an opportunity to be church in order to go to church. We want to be church every day of the week and every day of our lives. So when we express the love of God to others, the love of God that we have received from God, we are showing that we are children of God. Write this down somewhere. You need to learn to see Jesus in everyone you serve. You need to learn to see Jesus in everyone you serve, and you need to learn to serve everyone like they're Jesus. You need to learn to see Jesus in everyone you serve, and you need to learn to serve everyone like they're Jesus. Recognize the eternal importance of your earthly ministry. Will that change how you interact with people? Will that change how you see people? Because watch this. If, if you were walking down the street and you knew it was Jesus, well, what would you say? How, how would you act? You'd be like, oh, my God. Lord, is it you? Right? I, I was in a hotel in Sugarland one day, and I walked across this brother, and I said, man, I said, brother, you look just like Anthony Hamilton, R&B singer. I said, man, anybody ever told you that? He said, well, yeah, they, they have. He said, I am Anthony Hamilton. And I said, wow. I said, hey, man, really enjoy your music, really blessed by your ministry and song. Man, appreciate you. He said, man, thank you very much. Took a little picture with him, right? Had a great time, great little conversation. Uh, now, if that brother had told me, man, yeah, I get it a lot, man, but I'm not Anthony Hamilton, you know, I'd been like, well, hey, man, cool. But once I found out who he was, it changed how I interacted with him, right? Here's what I'm telling you. Let's start seeing Jesus in everybody. Because when we serve the least of these, we're at the beacon this morning. But listen, when you go to Santa Maria Hostel, when you go to the food pantry, wherever you go, people up or down, people who are in or out, when we have an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody else, guess what? We are having an opportunity to show the love of God and to be like Jesus. Look at Galatians 6.10. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. 1 Thessalonians 5.15, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. James 2.18, come on, read it with me if you will. Let's read it together. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. See, you really love the Lord and you show your love for God by what you do, not by what you say. Let me, let me put a cord in the meter and park there. Here's what, here's what we see many times in church. There are people who will lift their hands and they will say they love God. And they will sing they love God. 
and they will shout how much they love God, but they won't show how much they love God. Right? So don't tell me you can give God praise and worship and glory and honor and it all shows up in the sanctuary, but it doesn't show up on the street. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you sing and I don't care what you shout. I want to know what you show. What are you willing to live out? Because it's not about what you say. It's not about how much you sing. It's not about how much you shout. It's about how much you show the love of Jesus to others in a tangible way. Let me get to the last thing. Number three, you need to realize your salvation in the Lord and service to others will be rewarded. You need to realize your salvation in the Lord and service to others will be rewarded. Matthew 25, verse 34 says, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, I didn't say anything about the goats. I hope there's no goats in the house. But let me just mention something about the goats because the Bible says the sheep were on the right, the goats were on the left. And the Bible says the goats were condemned. They were cursed because of their failure to serve. See, they did like many people in the world. They were selfish with what they had and they were selfish with who they were. And so Jesus says to them, hey, when I was naked, you didn't give me any clothing. When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. When I was in prison, you didn't visit me. Now, y'all, I want you to think about this for a moment. They are condemned for what they didn't do. This sin of omission, what they left undone. Now, here's what I need you to understand. Good works don't save you, but good works are evidence that you are saved. So if you are sitting there listening to me, or those of you who are around the world listening to me right now, and you're claiming that you are a child of God, you're saying that you are a Christian, you're saying that you are saved, then my question to you is, where's the fruit? Where's the evidence? Uh, if an investigator was following you around and they followed you every day of the week except Sunday, would they be able to gather enough evidence to indict you as a Christian? Or would the district attorney have to say, we can't take this case because we don't have enough evidence to even charge them? with being a Christian. See, each one of us, my brothers and sisters, we have the opportunity and we have the obligation to show the love to others that God has shown to us and to show it to the people who need it the most. I want to thank you for being with me on today and allowing me to share this with you. Man, we just decided that we were going to take church out on the streets and we were going to make it happen today. So I'm here live being church. So here's what I want you to do. I want to challenge you. Uh, we're not going to hashtag going to church. 
we're not going to hashtag having church. Everything that you do, I want you to start tagging it with the hashtag being church because that's our commitment. Not to go to church, not to have church. That's limited to Sunday, maybe midweek. We want to be the church everywhere God allows us to go, that we add value to people, that we show them and share with them the love of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to be salt and light and to touch people's lives in a special way. And I pray now for those who are part of our congregation, part of our family, those who are watching both near and far, wherever they are in the world, challenge them today, God, to reprioritize, to reorient their spiritual lives, to shift from just going and having to being the church that you have called us to be. We bless you. We give you glory and honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Let's thank God. I'm going to turn you into the hands of Pastor Bell. And man, God bless you. God be with you. And let's keep on being the church God has called us to be.